Hey, Matt. Peter. You'd never heard of egg blowing? <laughs> no, and it sounds... I still haven't watched the video, but man, it's... Oh, it okay. Just sounds gross. <laughs> <laughs> to the um, uh, uneducated listener who doesn't know what egg blowing is, it's uh, something we do in Denmark. I don't, I don't know if people do it other places, but we... For Easter, we pinch a tiny hole into the to an egg, and in both ends, I guess. And then you, and it's really, really tiny. Like the hole is like a needle. You use a needle to pinch the hole. Mm. Um, and then for like with the right technique, it's really hard. But it's kind of like, I guess it's like when you learn how to whistle. Like it's hard to explain what you need to do, but when you get it, you kind of just get it randomly, and then you just try to do that again. So. <laughs> There's a strange technique that's hard to like pass on to someone else, but you basically blow the entire like contents of the egg out through the tiny little hole you punched in the or pinched in the shell, the yolk and everything. That's it's uh, hard to believe, but there's YouTube videos that show this. Oh well, the YouTube video is from a movie. Oh Um, oh oh, there's this is even in a movie. Yeah, it might might not be super safe for work the one the one i sent you um but it's from my favorite movie which is a danish movie it's just a funny scene um but yeah essentially you empty the egg (laughs) and and then you paint it and then it doesn't rot because it's just the eggshell left that's really neat yeah but it's really hard (laughs) i I, i'm gonna have to try it at some point Um. i'm sure people (laughs) had like brain um What's that called? Like, uh, like I'm sure someone because you you, ha, you you add a lot of pressure to your pressure. whole like, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah like an aneurysm like brain yeah exactly <laughs> all right your I'm, brain might like literally explode or something uh, okay well I mean maybe I won't yeah. try it but I'll watch the video <laughs> uh, yeah awesome yeah just rem- you have to blow a nut suck because otherwise you get Ugh. a bunch of like <laughs> okay yeah. <laughs> Yeah, get your, get your eye and your O correct. Yeah, well, so I, I'm glad I was able to expand your world a little bit. Yeah, thank you. The world, as I said, the world is bigger than I ever imagined, so, <laughs> and this just just extends that truth. So, yeah, it's great. And my res- response to that was, I had a similar experience the other day when uh, Maya told me that apparently Finnish people add cheese to their coffee. <laughs> And I don't know wow. why. She doesn't know why, but apparently it's a thing. Okay. All right. No, there's no wrong. Maybe there's no <laughs> wrong answers. Maybe. I don't know. That that sounds a little wrong, but I mean, I, I put cream Depends in on mine. Kind of, so what's the difference? Like you just keep going and you get cheese at some point, like, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like you can add water to your coffee, but you can also add ice to your coffee. It's the same kind of same thing. It's just different mm. temperatures or... <laughs> mm. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I could just see a hunk of cheese just slowly throughout the day, kind of. Cheese is kind of like frozen milk, or degrading really into milk. my coffee cup. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Well, for... this is a great episode so far. Yes. Um. It's it's a bank holiday here, so okay. I'm not really in work mode. That explains why it's so quiet because the, the startups are off too. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> got it so uh, in terms of updates <laughs> yeah 
Have you done anything? Um, it's been a different week. As I said last time, um, Bjorn's taking the week off for Easter and we don't, we don't officially start until tomorrow, I guess with the next, mm. um, cycle. Uh, so we're not really working today. Well, I'm kind of working a little bit, um, but officially not really. Um, but last week it was just me in the office virtually. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had a, a few meetings with partners mm -hmm. that were pretty good. It was good to have time to like focus on those. And, um, I feel like I, I got some good things started on that front or restarted. Okay. Um, and then I've spent a lot of time this week, just kind of like learning stuff and brushing up and on different things. Um, there's some architectural things in branch that really annoys me right now. And with, um, with the team access stuff, there are certain things that makes a lot of sense for us to fix <laughs> before it just, instead of just making it worse. Um, cause like with the team access or when you have like a, the concept of a team, you add like a whole new kind of like layer around all your queries. It's pretty important that you don't mm -hmm. you know every time you make a database query, you got to make sure you're kind of like you have that scoped to the team. Yep. Um, and obviously that's just something you can do indi like individually every time you perform a query. But in my experience, it's, I mean, this is like the, the right time to make sure that you kind of like have like a, a team scope on all queries, no matter what. Um, yeah. So there's like, there's some architectural changes that kind of needs to happen before that's possible. Um, so just in terms of that, that's been a lot of stuff I want to read up on. Cause it's like, it's kind of exciting, right? It's like an, a new, it's an opportunity to do something right from scratch kind of thing. Yeah. Like, oh, we get to do teams right this time, like compared to like all the times it sucked, like on previous projects. <laughs> um, For sure. Yeah. And then uh, the way I always do that is like, I go like, I go the extreme route first, <laughs> just to like, so this week I've been like watching talks about domain driven design and event sourcing and ah. event storming and like all these kind of like different programming techniques and um yeah. frameworks you know, this explains when you said uh someone in the tiny seat slack asked like is there anything like what are you doing or something like that like what's keeping you busy and and you said you referred to these things and i didn't know <laughs> if you were making a joke or what because it was no, like, no, no, i was geeking out hardcore. okay okay got it got it yeah so like obviously like i'm not gonna like pivot branch into like oh like completely redo the whole project in like a different paradigm or something like that but i feel like it's good to like or at least the way i prefer to do these things is like looking at how other people have solved these kinds of problems mm -hmm. and how they have architected their code and how they've structured it and even like down to the you know where where they put the files and like what they call them in their code base That's and good. then just kind of like try to like pick and choose the best from both worlds and you know we're building everything in laravel so like there's always like a quick way you can do everything which is usually fine but sometimes in my experience it's just worth like taking a step back and see like maybe we should 
maybe we we need to not like go the fast easy mvp kind of route with this thing because it's like really important yeah i mean there's these are there's solved problems in that sense of just a checkbox but then you always realize there's there is a silver version and a gold version of solving it and yeah you might want to skip the bronze if it makes sense yeah (laughs) with with this team stuff specifically i felt like it should be more solved than it actually is um Mm. so like the best way historically that i have done stuff like this is you have basically like a repository class that all database queries like go through that class so you can't just like randomly throughout the code base do a you know a sql query you have to kind of like go through a repository class mm-hmm. and then this repository class can be set up with different criteria is the right. terminology i use so like a like for example a team criteria or a user criteria so yep. you can scope all queries based on that and i think that's what i want to do and i just don't understand why it's not more built into laravel um, okay it just yeah. seems like someone everyone something that everyone would need yeah um, yeah this got really technical but that's basically i've been just geeking out um and trying to like clean up our google cloud uh setup and um all the stuff in there i can tell you like the tabs i have open right now like the titles just when i look at it i get like <laughs> it's just bad like iam <laughs> is one <laughs> and jwt php packages and oh it's just a lot of yeah it's a mess in there but yeah so i'm just kind of like i guess it's spring cleaning actually um Mm. which is probably good good. yeah yeah so um yeah i don't know i've been doing a lot of research and i'm kind of like ready to i have a lot of new ideas basically that i think we're going to start to implement next week cool um it's been last week was uh, until Easter. Um, it's been quiet all Easter, but last week was really good. Actually, I got more signups than usually, and I'm really starting to see like um, the onboarding stuff that we've built is really starting to work. Um, uh, there was one day where I had two agencies sign up that just kind of like they got up and running by themselves, or maybe I think they're might've been three and two of them needed an email from me. One of them did it completely on them on their own. Um, but just like seeing people get through the onboarding pretty quickly, is really exciting. Um, That's one great. of them, like just before like Easter had almost, he has like one free build left, uh, after been using it for three days in a row. And I'm just checking you know, to see like when is the next time he logs in and like runs out of builds and like will he upgrade to a paid account? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess maybe that's a little cliffhanger for for yeah. next episode. Can't wait because <laughs> he 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 onboarded himself, and I really want to see like small agency, you know, perfect target audience or target customer, um, onboarded himself and almost ran out of bills. So if he upgrades, it would be really exciting and it would be really good validation, I think, for what we have right now. So I'm watching that and hitting refresh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I know it's about the evidence, right? It's the, what does that say is working? 
you know, it's the little, it's the little bit of gold in the pan or the water in the well <laughs> where you go, yeah. you know, it's working. Yeah. That's great. And then I mean, if you know, we could get yeah. a little testimonial from him, like, you know, it's, we're starting to see like light at the end of the product use of fit tunnel, I guess. Mm -hmm. so, that's great. Fingers crossed. Cool. Yeah. So it's not been a super productive week, but it's just been a, it's been sort of like a sweet spot between like, you know, taking a couple of days off and still working a little bit and yeah, keeping the, the whole thing afloat. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been good. And then the weather has been really good. So it's just been nice to like go for walks and stuff. Oh, good. Well, I mean, last week and this week, we're kind of more of these shape up, not deep in code weeks for you guys anyway, right? Yeah. Well, until I I kind of forgot about Easter. So I thought our shape up cycle was going to start last week. Um, but then, you know, half the week was going to be Easter. And I was like, you know, let's just let's move it one week and then just get like Easter done. And then we can start um, the week after Easter. So I guess tomorrow is when we kind of really start building team access. Cool. Um, cool. I, yeah. So when you say, when you say cycle start, I always keep wanting to ask like the cycle includes development and shaping and cooldown or no site. When you say the cycles, Oh, when I say start. cycle, I just mean the, the three weeks that we actually work on the feature the development portion yeah well, so like you're always working on the feature <laughs> but in different yeah. ways yeah okay so sure. you're in that sense or in that sentence you were just referring to the development portion but yeah it's kind of like so now like the cooldown has actually been two weeks because of easter but mm -hmm. typically it's just one week but it's like when we start what i call the the cycle it's basically we know what to build and now we're just going to build it okay Cool, um, cool. Yeah, and nice. I feel weird about saying that about Team Access. Because um, as we talked about last time, it's really a can of worms. It's funny, a lot of people actually reached out to me and asked about the the GitHub stuff I was talking about last time. Um, huh. Benedict actually wrote me as well, and he said that at least one of our competitors definitely hadn't solved it either. Um so I guess okay. that was encouraging <laughs> to some extent. Yeah. Well, it was that it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, we'll I feel good about the way we're going to solve it, and I think I think it'll be good. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that's my update. All right. Too much exciting yeah. stuff in there, but it's an update, I guess. Yeah, it's it's progress. <laughs> it's progress. Not every week can be the down part or the up part of the roller coaster <laughs> so, True. Some, so just cruising yeah how about good you for, um yeah last week was uh I, I wanted to say hectic but that's not the right description it was intense i would say from a it was intense i had a i started the week with a lot of to-dos and a very full inbox and the short version is, um, I got all of the to-dos done except for one, and I got to inbox zero at approximately, you know, 4 p.m. Central Time on Friday. Nice. So, yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a very good week from a progress standpoint. And I mean, that includes stuff 
on product. That includes other stuff like, you know, finally getting bench to get our books completely done for the year, the 20, 2019 books, believe it or not, like they were still behind. I, I don't know why exactly, but we're through all those. Two. I mean, so there's just a ton of stuff mentally off my plate um, by the end of last week. So it's a very, very satisfying feeling. And those, those are all important things. So it really just helps the company in a lot of ways. Um, from a product standpoint, we um, migrated a couple of really pushed, sorry, I'll use the modern parlance. We pushed a couple <laughs> of uh, updates to the app, which were significant, um, really focused on improving the, I'll say um, trend casting, as I like to call it, the automatic uh, forecasting trending that happens when you connect your app, uh, when you connect your metrics to summit. And it was really, really cool because I, as I said previously on here, I believe that if I hired or contracted with a data scientist an experienced data scientist, um, and I pointed them at this particular part of the code that, 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 that there had to be some high leverage work that they could do where, some small changes could yield a really big improvement in things. And, you and it's not some code snippets that you're yeah, pretty excited about. Yeah, exactly. So, so really the, the funny part is it all, at least that part of his effort, Christoph's effort really distilled down to like exactly the 20 lines of code that I felt I had, a, I had a theory that we needed. It was like, this is all the configuration stuff. It's in here somewhere. I'm sure I'm not configuring it optimally. You know, he did a bunch of work that's uh, above my pay grade and from a data science perspective and comes back, you know, weeks, a couple weeks later and says, here's a pull request. And sure enough, it's like there's those, you know, seven parameters that need to be set, you know, more intelligently. And it was like, yes, this is perfect. And like if you I mean, those those seven parameters and those 20 lines of code are, are it's just amazing how like the amount of knowledge that's in those lines is mm-hmm. really what's so valuable <laughs> and it's it's not the number of lines you know it's like the right the <laughs> right seven things i know right but like we, we keep going back to this thing it's so, it's so funny it's like it's it's easy to as managers it's easy to measure productivity in so many different ways but at the end of the day it's you just made all of the forecasts for all of our customers better um that's awesome and you know, it just feels like money well spent. So put it that way. Um, you know, the weird thing is, as managers, there's so many ways to measure productivity. And, you know, we know as, you know, engineering managers that it's not about the number of lines of code as you. Oh, you don't pay per about. line of code? I'm not, I'm not paying per, <laughs> you know, I'm not paying per line. I'm paying for, you know, you just improve the forecasts for <laughs> every new sign up and every customer, you know, forever, if you will. And it just feels, it's, it's so great to have, you know, I've got limited resources, a few, only a certain number of bullets that I can fire, firing a bullet, seeing it hit the target, which is a very satisfying experience. So really yeah. excited about that. We got that live um, last week. It's going to just do a better job of detecting um, inflection points and sudden changes in, in, um, in businesses metrics that can otherwise throw, throw off a forecast. Can you explain to me and like a, for, for, for someone who doesn't understand this mm-hmm. very well, but so if there is like some sort of inflection point where, you know, um, 
I'm thinking like Tuple, for example, like right now there's mm-hmm. a big trend of remote work. So yeah. maybe like it would be wrong to like forecast based on something that was like four months ago. It's right. stuff like that, like a big change in in your That's in, right. In the in the data used to forecast, right? Correct. So do you just kind of like ignore the history before that? Or like can can you explain like what it yeah. actually does. Yep, yep, yep. Really so curious. my my naive version when I when I said I don't really know how to set all these things, but I know how to use the tool. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna start yeah. hitting I'm gonna start start hitting all the nails and screws with hammers because um, that's <laughs> all I've got. I said you can you know, as the user you can say, look, we just had a big pivot or a big change in our business. It happened on this date, and then the engine would say, okay, I'm gonna ignore. I'm gonna still render. But for the purposes of forecast, I'm going to ignore everything prior to the date that you tell us, right? Because mm. it's it's not important. It's no longer relevant history. Yeah. What Christoph did is he went in and said, well, obviously that's a hack. It got the job done till now. But the, the right way to do it is really to treat each segment of your history as a trend, let's just say trend area series, right? Mm. Um, like a segment of the overall trend. And then it becomes a question of like the engine, the code needs to really segment your history and, and, and the, the, the art right in the science is how many segments are you going to detect, right? If you detect too many, you do what's called overfitting, which means every little gyration in a trend gets treated like, you know, an important gets treated as signal right yeah so you don't want to do that because there is always noise in the overall business right where just some things are up some months and some things are down and you don't want to overread into those things so really what what he did is he has tried to find an a balance between you know my very crude ignore everything piece so we threw that out and now it's a what's the right number of you know segments if you will to detect in a company's metrics Mm. so that when you project it out, you're not overfitting on all the little, you know, gyrations and changes in volatility, but you're also not underfitting, right? So so it it literally is a balance between those two. If you underfit, then, you know, a a pivot happens or a big, you know, explosion in remote work happens, like, like you just said with Tuple and, your forecast actually looks at the history and says, well, you know, given the last two years, let's not read too much into the last two months, right? Mm. If, if that's be like, if you, you know, but what, what we're trying to say now is, well, actually, yes, we do have 24 months of history and only two of them look like this, but we can treat two months ago as an inflection point, as a change point, right? Yeah. And, and still do justice to both and have the forecast really what ends up happening is your forecast contains more spread, right? More uncertainty because it's saying, well, if change points like this are possible, like if you're, this is the code talking, right? The code's going to say, okay, buddy, you know, if, if if changes like this are possible, right? If you can suddenly have a detour like this, then I'm going to, I'm going to give you an answer. But when I do, it's going to have a much wider spread of uncertainty in it now much wider is, is also relative it's like well 
how much wider, you know, it's going to be a little yeah. bit wider. What I had prior to this was the uncertainty was actually not wide enough. So what users are going to see now, especially ones with these significant change points in their business is they're going to see a wider spread of possibilities out into the future, uh, both for the better and for the worse. And yeah. I, I really like that actually, because it's, it's a better representation of the, you know, of the potential for change. Right. Yeah, and sure. we, we literally just, you know, we're living that right now with what's going on. So, um, and it's helping some companies and it's hurting a lot of others. So the, yeah, yeah, this is the practical impact, which is obviously, you know, it's still a minefield, like it can still be wrong. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, not a silver bullet, but it's, it's a really great lead bullet as, as they would say. And it, it does a great job of improving, uh, the system. So yeah, getting that out that's last cool. week was, yeah, yeah. I mean, thanks get, for that's, explaining that. <laughs> no, thanks for asking. You, you made it really practical, which is, which is helpful for me. Um, who <laughs> likes to just teach philosophically all the time. Um, so that feels really good. It's a big boost in confidence. Obviously, anytime you have a fundamental improvement, it just, you go, yeah, that's big. And it means that I can be even more confident that when somebody has an initial user experience, you know, the forecast they get back is likely to be, you know, not flawed in any way. And maybe it was only 10% of the time last time, but it's like, great. Now we've got it down to 2%, you know, or 5% yeah. or whatever it is. It's still, it's still, it's a little bit more, like I said previously, Q2 is for me going to be more about leaning forward on the marketing, but you know, I'm only going to do that as the product gets to where it, where, where I think it needs to be. So this was, a, this is one of those steps forward, which is, uh, which is great. Yeah. Nice. Um, so that was big. I think that was a lot of the maker activity last week. Um, did some other stuff in the code just to set the stage for, uh, the future. But I'll, I, I think the manager part was the more interesting part last week. I, I finally, I'll say, fi I'm saying finally, because you, you beat me by like five days, <laughs> but I finally <laughs> sent out my investor update. Um, which I maybe beaten by a week, but it felt really good. It was nice to get that out. And yeah, I saw it. <laughs> yeah, I shared it with you. And I was really impressed with the format you chose. Thanks. I that that was the that was the hardest part. I mean, I have sent in my history as a founder, I've sent, I mean, easily over a hundred investor updates. <laughs> um, you know, literally over 10 years of updates and most of them were monthly up until the end of the last business. And so, yeah, I, I have, I have wrestled with the format of investor update for a very long time. And I think it does change as a business grows and evolves and matures, but I wanted to get, you know, what is it that I'm really, what is progress right now for mm -hmm. summit? What is it measured in <laughs> and, and how can I communicate that? concisely to a bunch of people who have better things to do than just pour over a bunch of my numbers and and text so yeah i i, I struggle with do, it i'm uh, yeah pretty do you want to briefly explain how you structured it yeah and maybe yeah. it would be better as a blog post but let's try i see yeah yeah <laughs> it was not that. a it was more of a spreadsheet than a like mine is a pdf yours was a pdf as well but it looked like it came out of google <laughs> sheets it, it did it did it was a google sheets turn into a pdf which means i i hid the background and and basically yeah it's a nice clean snapshot um yeah 
Yeah. So I kind of combined, you know, my two, my favorite startup, um, you know, folks that I've been inspired by in terms of how to measure the progress of a startup. You know, one is Alexander Osterwalder who wrote, I was just about to ask. (laughs) Yeah. He's, he's amazing and has said, you know, he's just doing a really great job. He has a company called strategizer, which is behind the books and some software. And what they've done is they've really turned all of your activities or they give you the opportunity to turn all of your activities as an early stage company or just an entrepreneurial business uh, venture into these little structures and the little structures say are kind of three components. You know, one is, you know, what's the test that you're running? Mm-hmm. What's the, what are the insights that you've gained so far in doing the test? Like what, what kind of, what kind of things um, are just noteworthy and interesting and, and important to capture that are counterintuitive, et cetera. Those are called insights. Um, and I might be, I, I am, uh, I'm taking some liberties here. And then the last piece was evidence. So how did the test conclude? What did you learn? Um, you know, what evidence did it give you in terms of whether or not you were right or wrong about that test? And it, and so I, I took that and I made that into the, the columns of the update. So mm. one column for um, tests, the name of the test, describe the test, one for insights, one for evidence. And then the rows of the update were um, the what Eric Reese calls, so Eric Reese, Lean Startup in the Startup Way, also just really great at communicating, a really great way to communicate progress as an early stage company, obviously Lean uh, Startup Methodology. But he talks about... Um, leap of faith assumptions or LOFAs is what it looks like. He's the acronym LOFA and a leap of faith assumption is what imagine this business really is the fullness of the vision that you have as a founder. It reaches its complete maturity. What are the things that need to be true for that end game or that, that state to arrive? And so, you know, to give you an example for branch, it would be, um, you know, PHP developers uh, experience, you know, a better way, experience branches, a better way to do deployment, right? Mm. Um, and you're like, okay, what does that mean? You know, you could take it down farther. And it, it's really hard to come up with on the fly. But like for Summit, you know, I listed out uh, about 11 different assumptions that I am making about the value of the product and the distribution of the product. And you know, those, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. There's your value hypothesis and your yes, growth. Yes, exactly. So I have seven value hypotheses and I have uh, one, two, three, four, six growth hypotheses. And these are all, yeah, things that I want to be true. So for, on, the, on the value side, so I basically grouped the rows and I said, for value, how will Summit maximize the value it creates for startups, right? And then I have seven ways. And so one of those is, Time to value, so time for the user to experience value, compared to spreadsheet alternatives will be the key to product adoption. Like time to value is a huge, in other words, um, it's a very important pillar of the value mm-hmm. of the overall product. And then, you know, another example is founders will leave Excel financial modeling for Summit or, or Google Sheets, right? Yeah. But, like that needs to be true for the business to work, right? If founders are still, you know, sticking with G Sheets or Excel, yeah. Then I've got work to do. <laughs> and, and that's why you need to test to make sure that. Uh, exactly. I need to test, test that theory. Right. Yeah. And so, 
I, I laid out this grid. It took up two pages of like legal size paper, um, you know, four columns and, and, you know, 11 rows or whatever it is, um, or 13 rows. But then in each box I put, yeah, I basically put a little description, like a little paragraph. So, you know, I, I've done three tests in terms of time to value. The one I'm working on, working on right now, actually, when I wrote the update was, I'm, we believe that time to value will be better. So this is a supporting test for that hypothesis. If we improve the first run quality of our trend casting. Okay. So the insights that we've gotten so far is that, well, you know, there's critical change points in a business trajectory that you need to capture in order to do a good job forecasting. Like initially I didn't know that, but now I do. Right. And the evidence in my head, like people can see it. (laughs) Yeah. And the evidence was the test is in progress. Early results are promising. We'll have more results of this test available after we deliver this feature in early Q2, which we launched last week. So I don't have any direct feedback from customers yet. I did rerun a bunch of stuff, but here's the point, you know, for my investors, they now know why I'm working on improving trend casting. Yeah. It's because it improves time to value. And the reason that time to value matters is it's one of my seven key assumptions about the value of summit for about the value of summit for a startup. Right. So it's like it all yeah. feeds back into a grand <laughs> making progress on the business. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how it worked out. And yeah, it, it was really, yeah, it was a really spring cleaning exercise for me to go through and do this. <laughs> I um, think it's great for the investor. Yeah. Like if there's something, you know, if there's a particular test that they're more interested in, they could like mm-hmm. draw a big circle around that and, you know, remind themselves to check in next month or check next month where you're at with that. Um, in my exactly. own investor updates, I always start with um, progress. I, I use Einer's format, which is progress plans problems. Mm-hmm. Um, so whenever I write it, I always read, you know, last month plans. And then I try to see like, I start with the progress for this month and I kind of like map that to the, you know, the plans from last month. Cause like cool. hopefully, cool. you know, <laughs> the progress progress will be kind of related to the plans yeah, I had continuity. last time. That's right. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like they, the last month's um, plans move into next month's progress and then it just goes like that. Yep. Um, yep. But sometimes there's something that I don't necessarily follow up on. And I always wonder, I wonder if no, if anyone reads this and notices that last time I talked about this and there's no update on it, but I Mm -hmm. think yours is like your grid is more static, I guess. So it's mostly what's in the cells that are going to change. Yeah, that's right. The, the, so next month, like I can go to the same, you know, Mm -hmm. the same place in the grid and check what the text says now. That's right. So I highlighted in yellow the tests that are in progress, and I highlighted in green the ones that are done. So yeah. what you should see next month is the yellow ones will be, you know, either either green uh, or red, like something we did we didn't finish <laughs> or it failed yeah. for some reason. And then there's a new row, which is we're going to keep pushing forward on this this value hypothesis, or it's good enough for now, right? And yeah. if you if you look at mine, I pretty much have a yellow, I have a yellow row in every one of my hypotheses on the value side, and on the growth side, from a marketing standpoint, I only have one because yeah. 
the the only thing i'm thinking about from a growth standpoint right now that's even on the horizon is email reports and notifications that will drive monthly engagement that's a growth hypothesis i'm testing interest verbally and i've got a plan to you know run uh, you know get stuff in product soon but everything else in the growth side is like yeah we have a free tier it's working well enough for now we've got invitations yeah. they're working well enough for now like all that stuff is kind of waiting <laughs> yeah. um and what I'm going to do this quarter basically is I want to f- a lot of the yellows under value will go green, I hope. And I'm going to sh- suddenly open up a whole bunch of work on the growth side and say, okay, let's double down on invitations, referrals, partnerships, um, email reports and notifications. Like now let's double down on growth because the value pieces are in place. Um, yeah, yeah, it's great. It's a, it's a great uh, framework, I think. Yeah, I should blog about this <laughs> maybe yeah you, just, you should maybe, i think it's easier to uh if you see it as well yeah and i think it's a nice check for you uh like you know sometimes you just feel like we tried everything and it didn't mm-hmm. work like you can actually yeah. go back and see what you tried and if it worked or not yeah it's it's also hard for people who are on the outside to, to understand like why is this a priority but this isn't like here i am you know and i'm not saying anybody's done this but like here i am ready to make an introduction to this amazing partner for summit but matt's telling me like he doesn't have time for that in a polite way <laughs> it's like why not well yeah, oh, yeah. I, I i see you know so what i'm trying to so hopefully it helps people help me in a better way if they are leaning forward like that yeah um, but i here's the thing for me is i actually want to update this like i i feel motivated to continue using this format and that was the the hardest thing for me was any bulleted list is just going to be hard for me mm. to feel motivated to update because I feel like I'm just doing schlep. And I'm not because saying schlep is wrong. Spreadsheet guy. <laughs> or bad. Yeah. But I, I'm, in other words, I don't want to, I, I don't think the startup right now is, you know, its progress is, can really just be put into numbers. I think there's a lot of customer development and, and progress being done that's about this, you know, test, learn, you know, build, um, yeah, build, measure, learn, right. Is the, yeah. is the, is the way that we're making progress. I will say there was one other piece to my investor update, which was the, um, spreadsheet I did have, I do have a table with, you know, five metrics in it, which is active users, three month active user retention, paying customers runway and MRR. Yeah. And so there's, those are the only five numbers that i'm reporting on right now for for myself and investors and i have a target for each of those you know how many how many active users do i want what do i want my three-month active user retention to be in other words after signing up what percentage of folks do i want still using the product in three months and how many paying customers i want and where i can even runway so i have an, an mrr and i just said okay these are the five numbers that i'm going to report to my investors and um that's everything else at this point is not an important metric for me to be capturing is what i'm also saying um, is it a vanity so metric it would technically be it, it, probably i mean these are the ones where if these are tracking well then it's working right? yeah um it's really that's it these five numbers you know if these are tracking well, it's working. The things you wrote in your update, all the tests, were they 
have did you have them defined somewhere else or were they just kind of like you knew that you were doing it but you hadn't formalized it or like written it down formally um, like that or yeah i had a product roadmap okay which was a trello board and it's like these are the things i'm working on <laughs> yeah but i hadn't captured the reasons i'm working on those things it was like wait you have this whole backlog of ideas why are you working on these six <laughs> it's yeah. like oh yeah i'm working on these six because this one helps this and this one does that and th- right and so i yeah to answer your question i had the tests in terms of the product or marketing work but i didn't ha- have the rationale behind those decisions to work on those things captured anywhere other than my head and my gut which mm. you know then gets full and confused <laughs> or overwhelmed yeah um so that was the really you know cleansing part was like oh man this is just all this is all captured now like yeah it was oh. really uh, uh it was a good read <laughs> i hope you turn it into a blog post if you have time um Thanks, maybe i'll yeah, rip it off so. yeah well try to good. use it myself <laughs> Yeah, well, and, and actually, did as an end user then for my updates. That's right. Well, one of my investors, um, uh, Ray Deck, he responded to my update. I got a lot of good investor responses, but this one was really—he's really great providing constructive criticism. He says, um, "At this stage, the venture is an information gathering enterprise, so your business model document points in this direction and shares some of that wisdom with the reader, but it's a little too cumulative." So it's a balance sheet of evidence rather than an income statement. Like, whoa, I love the metaphors. But he, <laughs> he gave the suggestion, which was, you know, either in this report or in a separate paragraph, just share with all of your investors what you know today and what was a mystery at the start of the month. Um, huh. So, you know, just spend 30 minutes focusing on what's... And I think this is basically, give me the box score version of it. Like, what's... What's active? What's so? Maybe like take the yellow box. Cash flow statement. Yeah, take the yellow boxes, pull them out, and say, in the last thirty days, just highlight the changes in those, because it's probably too cumbersome to go, you know, too comprehensive to go back into that um, entire two-page, you know, spreadsheet every time as an investor. So I'm like, that's cool. So I'm, I think in the next months, other than updating the information, obviously the main thing will be. I'll try to provide a a diff, basically a diff. Yeah, I was just about to say, like, make Google Sheets do the diff and just send that. Mm-hmm. Or send a patch, like a Git patch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> attached to your email. <laughs> that's, I mean, that sounds like a whole, that sounds like a great product. Um, <laughs> yeah, diff your business. Um, yeah. But that's, that's what I'll, that's actually what I'll be doing is I'll say, what's the diff? you know which because some of them will probably not get worked on much in the next 30 days like this test is just kind of running nothing to report so i think ray is saying diff it for me and ray if you're listening and that's not what you meant let me know <laughs> but uh but um maybe this, this is diff a, is this podcast yeah honestly I, I actually did tell investors if you're interested in the weekly updates there's this podcast i have um but it's a lot to ask so i'll um I'll do that. So yeah, that was that was last week from a manager standpoint was getting that update out there. And I think it just provides guidance for the rest of the quarter for me. And I think if I steal from for some from your world, and I've been meaning to do this, I think this is a cool down week for Summit. And 
getting thoughts together for what to attack, basically how to use the rest of this month. Um, I'm not talking about like three weeks or this week or whatever, but like last week was a deliver stuff week. <laughs> this mm. should, this should be a cool down week. Um, for me at least. So, yeah. Yeah. It's good update. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for drawing it out of me. <laughs> well, I was curious cause I, I really enjoyed the update. Um, so I just wanted to know more, I guess. Um, hopefully it was interesting. I'm pretty sure it was good. Yeah. We always hope that listeners are getting something out of this. <laughs> yeah. So I heard, thanks. um, I was listening to the acquired LP show and they were talking mm. about at one point, one of them was, uh, checking Twitter on his phone while the other person was talking. Oh no. Well, he was, he was <laughs> telling that, that, that had happened and he realized yeah. that's a really bad sign. Like if one of the hosts is like distracted and doesn't even want to pay attention, like it's probably not a good sign for the listeners. <laughs> so yes. I'm always keeping that in mind. Like, do I have the urge to like go check Twitter now? Cause then we need to like speed things up or do something different. Yeah. I, I think like if my brain ever starts to drift, I'm like, I need to ask a question. Like yeah. for some reason my brain uh, lost the narrative, lost the thread, whatever. And yeah. I need to, uh, <laughs> I need to follow the bouncing ball back to, uh, to the yeah. point here and go, mm, um, yeah, wait, you need what, to put why, yourself why back in that? this spot. Yeah. that's right exactly <laughs> start ask a good question so yeah uh, yeah but that didn't happen in the last 46 minutes so that's we'll good what listeners think yeah <laughs> awesome um let's end on that note then sounds good <laughs> talk to you later man all right peter take care take care bye bye